Welcome to week five of the music business. Let's do two short podcasts today because we have two separate subjects, both very important. Attorneys and agents. Let's talk about attorneys first. A couple of things to keep in mind, and I think were made by the book and the videos, but I think need reiterating are the fact that these are specialist attorneys. These are people who understand the music business, who understand the ins and outs of contract negotiation, about royalty collection, dealing with publishers, and all of the things that artists need guidance on when it comes to legal matters. Now, you could overuse your attorney too, by the way. They talk about commission structures for attorneys. They talk about flat fees for attorneys. I'm a little mixed on uh, as far as my opinion goes on this. If you pay a flat fee, the good thing is they're not working on a commission as the manager is. The The manager is actually, when you think about it, as we talked about last week, building your business so they get a percentage of it. That's how they're basically being compensated. But your attorney's not really, in most cases, building your business. The attorney is largely safeguarding your business and putting legal structures into play for deals that have already been largely negotiated. So let's look at that for a minute. If you have a merchandising deal, which we will talk about merchandising extensively later on, but if you have a merchandising deal and your manager makes the deal and it brings you, oh, I don't know, let's pick some nice numbers, $9 billion, your manager's going to get, ready, pop quiz, what percentage All right, we stopped there just for a second so you can try to remember. If you don't remember, go back, find out what managers make. I'm not going to do the math for you. But they get their percentage, correct? Because they brought you a deal. They went out and made something new happen. That's the entrepreneurial mindset, which most managers also need to have. The legal mindset is different. The legal mindset says, this is possible, that's not according to the law. Now, a lawyer can be very creative when it comes to, okay, how do we look at the law and find what I want for my client? So don't get me wrong. There's definitely some entrepreneurial thinking there, but the largely the legal mindset is, does this work or doesn't it? Can we do this or not? And you want your lawyer thinking like that because that's what they're paid for. So getting back to compensation, I'm a little mixed on my opinion on this because again, if you're paying them a flat fee, they're not trying to find ways to to cheat the deal or to, to move the deal forward. Um, in a way that's going to be advantageous to them and not you. However, legal fees can pile up quickly, and some lawyers do what we know is padding the bill, which means charging you for time that they're not necessarily really working on your case, or at least isn't completely necessary. By the way, consultants and everybody else who works hourly at a good rate tends to have this challenge as well. Not that everybody does it, but something to think about. So when it comes to attorneys, um, you have to think about where you want to be, what you're trying to do, someone who understands the business who can get through. You probably do want someone that's a good negotiator when it comes down to the contract. Maybe they can help with that if they're not getting you the deal. You know, we talk about different ways of getting into the business and getting successful. Obviously, a successful manager can help you do that. A successful record company, as we'll see, can help you do that. But also... The same can be done with an attorney. Sometimes a very powerful music business attorney will help other help an artist find work. 
and they'll help them find a deal with someone or they'll get signed because the record company knows they have this person sort of in their corner keeping an eye on things. So just some things to think about when you start thinking about attorneys. Also, um, it can be tough to find a great music business attorney like managers, as we mentioned. The really good ones are already very busy. So finding one that's up and coming or hasn't made it quite big yet is is probably more likely. But at the same time, you want to make sure they know what their thing is. You don't want someone who, the classic example is, handled your Uncle Al's divorce, you know, or helped you buy your your real estate. You don't want that. Again, someone might have experience in those areas first and move their way in. It's possible. Um, this, among many other businesses, is definitely one of second chances. But at the same time, you do want to make sure that the person knows what you're doing. You don't want them to be cutting their teeth, so to speak, um, on your deal and having it not work out well. So something to keep in mind. And the last thing is with any attorney, obviously, you know, and with any professional that you hire to work with you, ethics. Ethics are key. Someone who really is going to be on your side, do the right thing by you, give you the honest advice, even if it's something you don't want to hear, even if it's something that's going to temporarily disadvantage them, as in they can't charge you as much. That's someone you want. That's in any relationship and business that is uh, that is key and for a manager or an attorney uh, especially an attorney I guess these days uh, in any field this is really someone you want on your side and you want to be able to trust again go back to that Billy Joel article if you uh, have a question about what happens when you can't trust someone a business oh last thought um, there's a something called power of attorney which means uh, and this is where the, the word attorney comes from actually Technically, they should really be all be called lawyers. Um, but power of attorney is when you sign off and you give someone to sign things legally for your your benefit. In most cases, I would recommend against this. There are some cases later on with elder law, for example, if someone needs a healthcare proxy or a power of attorney to handle their finances. That's a whole other story. You are hopefully, if you're heading into this business and working in it, able to make your own decisions competently. You're an adult and you have the ability to do that. So I would say that power of attorney, where you let your attorney just sign for you, it's not a good idea. Some of them, especially watch out if they say something like, oh, this will just make it easier if I can sign for you. No, that's that's really not what you want. Um, that's kind of dangerous because they illegally signing in your name as opposed to filling out the paperwork and having you sign it. And I know a signature sounds quaint, but it's not quaint when you get into the court of law. So keep that in mind. I would, in most cases, not recommend it. Let's put it that way. Uh, but again, and the last thought for the this particular podcast, the fact is that artists do need to be, as we have learned now, responsible for themselves. Your manager can help you build business and find contacts. Your lawyer can make sure they're legal. Your producer, as we will see, can you know, help you make a great record, uh, recording, whatever it is you want to call it. An album is the word a lot of people use these days again, which is interesting. Um, but these people can all help you. But ultimately, as the artist, the artist must make the decision. His, her, or their selves. 
Okay, part two will be about agents. It'll be shorter, but I thought it was important that we uh, we get into this and then we break it down as best we can. Thanks for your continued listening. I look forward to our conversations on the discussion boards. Booking agents, part two for this week, week five. A couple of very quick things on booking agents. First of all, if you want to become an agent, it's a really interesting process. In Massachusetts, you need to be bonded, which means you need a guarantee, a surety bond as an insurance guarantee to make sure that you, uh, that people are covered if you fail at your job. And there's lots of ways you could fail, and some of them due to no fault of your own as a booking agent. So let's start with it. Booking agents have contacts. They're basically the intermediary between the venue and the artist. Um, important to remember you're signing a contract there when you do it. So some venues, especially larger ones, uh, will only let you book if you go through an agent. Well, why? Because they trust that agent to provide entertainment that's going to fit that club's needs. Remember, the club is paying for entertainment because they want people to be enjoying their time. They want people to have a good time and come back over and over. So that's their business model. Um, So, and whether it's a club where you're out drinking and dancing or whether it's a larger venue where it's, or any size venue, something like um, like the Orpheum or something, where you go in and you're just going to see the... You might have a drink, they may have that, but what you're there for is to see the show in a, a theater style. Um, these places need to survive, and to do that, they need to have good acts constantly. And so they trust the agents they have relationships with. And those agents are bonded in Massachusetts. Very interesting. Different states have different rules, by the way. California has uh, some pretty funky rules related to agents, including... And managers, including being part of a union and and that sort of thing that you wouldn't see in pretty much any other state. Um, To be fair, California is one of the big states in California and New York, right? Music industry. So uh, traditionally, and Nashville for country and and different styles. So keep keep it in mind when we talk about what you need to know if someone's going to be a booking agent. So they act as the intermediary. um, They have to be bonded. They're on the hook if the artist doesn't show up or the artist is drunk or whatever happens. So it's a, it's not an easy gig. Um, but it can be lucrative. They take a percentage, which is listed in the book. And you can look at that and you can think about whether you think that's fair or not or what kind of... It's really easy to do some math, start looking at what a ticket price cost is and and then say, well, the venue's making X amount of dollars and start to figure what are they paying the artist. And by the way, the agent gets paid on the artist's fee, not on tickets sold. Don't, don't let me confuse you on that one. Wouldn't that be nice? I think we would all be agents at that point. By the way, in some states, uh, it is illegal for your manager to do your booking. You, they need, unless they're also a licensed agent. Just horribly hard to do. But again, um, we're talking about I'm talking about the ability to, uh, to to launch the gig. So that's a misunderstanding a lot of bands have. Well, the, the manager's going to get us gigs. Well, they might. They might pull some strings or know somebody or have a, a great agent in their pocket. And again, back to managers, keep an eye on that because if they are a licensed agent, are they asking you for an additional fee when they book your gig? Are they double dipping in effect, taking uh, the fee for the upfront and also taking a different fee? 
Or will they say, well, I'll take the bigger fee this time because it's I'll take the agent's fee on this one, but the manager's fee on another because one of them's bigger. And <laughs> these kind of things happen. So it's I, I know it sounds a little wild, but you have to think about these things when you're when you're deciding again who you're going to work with. So for an agent, you want someone that's got contacts, that's really good at um, at finding gigs, has those connections, and can help you make them happen. Just again proves that this business is largely about relationships. Although that doesn't mean because you have a quote-unquote relationship with someone that business is going to happen. It's a, it's a fine line. I had a sales manager years ago at radio who taught me. He said, don't go to lunch with the potential client, with the prospect. Go to lunch after you sign the deal. He said, because you're going to spend a lot of time going to lunch and probably paying for it. And they're going to pick your brain and they're not going to sign. So when you have lunch with the client, just a side note, remember it's someone who's actually a client, not a prospect. Unless the prospect wants to bring you out to lunch, then that's your decision, I suppose. So some things to keep in mind about agents. Have a good read on that. Um, Check the resources there because they will be helpful and hopefully enlightening. Two podcasts this week. This is the second one. This wraps it up. Do get in touch if you have questions. Otherwise, I will see you on the boards.